Hey guys, hope you're doing well. Glad to be back. Sorry for the absence, but I am finally ready to do this. I got my college basketball preview coming up. I got some predictions for individual players, for teams, finishes, Final Four, all that good stuff. Can't wait to run through it really quickly. As always, let's drop the beat and get it going. Welcome back. Welcome back. You guys are listening to the Mind of Mike J podcast. I am, again, sorry I didn't come out with anything last week. It's just been a really, really weird period for me because as you guys know, I like to just really just turn on the mic and go. I might make a few notes uh, here and there, but for the most part, I just turn on the mic and go, especially when I don't have a guest. And um, the tough part about podcasting that way is there has to be something going on that you're really excited or really passionate about um, in order for me to, to deliver it effectively and there just hasn't really been anything going on that I felt too strongly about you know I've, I've done I've done several I've spoken several times about the NFL anthem protests um, my my Mets were a non-factor in baseball um nba is cool you know the hornets are playing well but still you know it's it's still nothing and the buccaneers have been a complete disaster so still just nothing really that i just kind of wanted to really get on but unfortunately that part is over and we have my personal favorite of pretty much any sport out there college basketball is upon us we got our first games coming up this weekend, and I cannot tell you guys how excited I am for it. Now, I just wanted to run through these predictions really briefly because, like I said, I could sit down and write all this stuff down, but I don't want to try to be here for too long, and I understand a lot of people's attention spans, including my own, are not that long for me to really go far in detail with a lot of this stuff. So I just want to run through a few quick things. Um, First of all, personal predictions for my UNC Tar Heels and for all my listeners that are Tar Heel fans. If anyone has checked the rankings, UNC is opening up at the AP number 9 in the polls, which is, I feel like, a very fair spot. I'm not sure how everyone else feels. Um, Are we potentially better than... Are we better than Florida? Probably. Better than Wichita State? possibly getting up near Villanova, Kentucky, Kansas, Arizona. Once you get up that high, are we better than any of those teams? I don't think so. And I think we're better than everyone below us. So, you know what? I'm not going to complain too much uh, for UNC to lose three out of their three of their key players to lose three seniors off last year's team. Um, you know, Justin Jackson, who was a first team All-American going to the draft. I There's a significant drop off in talent there. And my biggest fear as a UNC fan right now is the fact that UNC had a huge inside advantage 
last year. And they pretty much rode that to many of their wins, and that was the one thing that UNC was able to really exploit against everyone. I mean, Hicks, between that three-headed monster of Bradley and Hicks and Meeks was just dominating offensive rebounding-wise and pretty much overwhelmed a lot of opponents, and I felt like that was the one thing we always had to fall back on, and we were allowed to not really be that great of a three-point shooting team, uh, which is the calling card for many other college basketball teams. This year, it does not appear to be the case. We have size, but it's all, with the exception of Luke May, it's all um, it's all bundled in with, with all freshmen. And I, even even being an optimistic fan, you have to expect that freshmen are not going to come in and produce at the level of two guys that were that, to, to produce at the level of guys that were two hardened, battle tested seniors. Um, I, I think that's very unrealistic to expect, and. So, unfortunately, UNC is going to have to be an outside shooting. The exact thing that we that killed UNC last year is going to have to become their strength. Now, Luke May really came on, especially as a shooter, towards the end of the year. He got a lot more consistent with his shot. We have Joel Berry, the you know returning tournament most outstanding player, even though he's going to be injured for the first month or so. Um, this new guy, this new transfer, Cameron Johnson... Is a, is a very, very good shooter, at least looking at his numbers statistically. I believe he shoots in the 40, 42% range. Uh, even even some of the freshmen, uh, this kid, Andrew Playtech, who is very not, not very, uh, hasn't been very heralded, but who I've seen, who I saw some of his highlight tapes, he's a shooter. Uh, it's That's going to have to become a strength this year. We're not going to be able to rely on offensive rebounding as much as we have in the past. And as much as I would like to say that UNC will repeat, I think it's a stretch. I think a Final Four might be the, um, I think a Final Four might be the, what's the word? I think that's the point we can hit to where I can say this season was a success. If they're able to get that far with this team, I would say Roy did a great job this year. And, you know, you just build on it moving forward because you got a lot of youth a lot of guys that are going to be around for another two or three more years, and you just build with those guys. But um, enough about UNC. Moving forward with the rest of the league. Oh, one more thing. I did want to say this schedule, UNC is doing, I have to, I always get on Duke for this, so I have to say the same thing about UNC. Um, They're doing what I get on Duke every year for, which is it doesn't appear that there's any real tough games on this schedule at all leading up until conference play. Uh, we got Northern Iowa on Friday, this Friday at 7. Bucknell at Bucknell at home. I mean, pretty much everyone is at home except for going on the road to Davidson. Shouldn't be too hard. That's um, Charlotte has a huge fan base. UNC has a huge fan base in Charlotte. That's almost a that's that's hardly a uh, an away game, and on the road at Tennessee, 
who for some reason played us really closely last year. That might be the one trap game. But other than that, um, Ohio State, who is unranked, and we play at home, Wofford, my alma mater, Western Carolina, Tulane, Michigan, all all at all home games. I don't UNC could very well be undefeated going into conference play, which would be great, which would look great on paper. Not sure how that is going to get them a whole lot of it may not look good towards the end of the season. I feel like you always want one or two really strong non conference games on your resume as far as a tournament is concerned, because when when it comes down to getting a one seed, which is what you want, those are the games that are going to make a difference. And I do not see how UNC does that unless they just run table on conference, which I don't think they will do either. So it will be very interesting. It'll be very interesting to see. But um, enough about, like I said, enough about UNC. I want to get into overall my predictions for the college basketball landscape. I was looking at some of ESPN's predictions, and a lot of their stuff lined up with mine. Um, the, The common... Last article I read, the very common pick, it seemed like a lot of the experts like Michigan State for the national title this year. I think that's a fair pick. As a matter of fact, that was my pick as well. Although I would say not to sleep on Arizona. I really don't have a good reason for that other than... Now, they do have... They do have... Um, they do have Alonzo Trier, who was a first one of the two guards on the preseason All America team. Um, this kid, DeAndre Ayton, center, seven foot, can jumps like a guard in a dunk contest. That's seven feet tall. I think he's the real deal. I've been, I've known about this kid since he was about fifteen or sixteen because I remember him just blowing up. A lot of the uh, early, a lot of the early recruiting services just blowing him up. Well, when he was in high school, I think this will be a kid to look out for for sure. Uh, so I, I like Arizona as my dark horse pick to win the national championship, but I think Michigan State is a fair assessment. Um, again, they got Miles Bridges, who was a favorite to be a national player of the year, let alone um, let alone first team All American. He was coming back. Would have been a lottery pick in this year's draft from everything I keep hearing about him coming back, playing out of position, shot just under 40% from three, 16 points a game, I think another seven, eight rebounds. This kid can, as a freshman, so this kid can definitely play. Michigan State had a loaded recruiting class. They have a lot of young guys. They have a lot of, most all of their talent returning from last year. And Tom Izzo, as far as I'm concerned, doesn't get a, doesn't get a lot of hype as some of the other coaches, but I think Izzo is among among the best in the business from a coaching standpoint. So I see no reason why Michigan State can't win a national title, and I feel like they are the safest pick for sure. Experience, coaching, depth, star power, you know, check the box, check the box, check the box. All the way down. Michigan State's one of the few teams you can say that about, so that's why I say we go with Michigan State as our national title favorite. Which would make them, as I go into my conference picks, uh, which I'm only talking about the the bigger ones, um, pretty obvious that I'm going to pick Michigan State to win their conference as well, uh, and pack at and again with Arizona winning the Pac-12. I don't think 
they're going to have too much competition. I know USC is came out in the polls ranked really high at number 10. I wish I had done a little bit more research on who their team is to uh, warrant that kind of ranking, but we'll see. Um, but I just, I think those two, I think those two were fairly, fairly easy picks. As much as it pains me to say it, I think this is the year that Duke will take the ACC regular season at the very least. Um, their, their strength this year is what UNC rode last year, which is, which is overwhelming size. Now, Duke has never been the kind of team to just destroy people on the offensive rebounds like that, but at least not in recent memory, but I think this team, I think this team does have a lot of talent and a lot of potential. And but the first thing I notice is just how dang on big they are. Uh, I think, you know, top to bottom, they're six five or higher at every position. So or six three or higher at every position. So um that's that's gonna be tough. That's gonna be tough to uh compete against. And while I think their inexperience will ultimately get the best of them, just as it did last year, I think overall they'll get off to a hotter start. They'll have all their guys healthy this time to start the year. They're going to get off to a much better start. And I think they'll be ready to roll come conference time. And they'll just be a very tough out. Uh, I Like I said, I do think I have every reason to believe that they will have another early round exit possibly. But as far as the just speaking on conference picks, I think in the interest of fairness, you have to go with Duke there. Uh, although I think my Tar Heels will be right on their heels. No pun intended. Uh, SEC. Got to go with Kentucky. Florida's got a great team. Kentucky's another one. Too talented to fail. I think, personally. I really have no reason to... Although I'm not a huge fan of this Kentucky team. I can't put my finger on it. But all of their... All of their teams that you really got a sense were going to win the national title, they had a guy that you could tell was just ticketed to be a star. There is no Boogie Cousins on this team. There's no John Wall on this team. There's no Anthony Davis, no Carl Anthony Towns on this team. So they have a very they have a lot of good players, but just not that one guy that makes you go, that guy's a monster. So, knowing how the kind of teams Kentucky has had in the past, I liken them to the to their. I liken this team to the kind of t- the to the kind of squad they had last year, and uh, the year that they missed. I would go as far as to say the year that they missed the tournament when they had uh, Nerlens Noel and Ryan Harrow at point guard and that team. Um, still, still like them to win the conference. I mean, they'll make the turn and all that good stuff. I'm not going to go that far. But Kentucky, I'm sorry, any UK fans that might be listening to this, I don't see your team winning a national title. Ever since John Calipari's been there, their teams that really had a – their teams that were able – well, teams, I'm saying it plural, only one did it. Um, Their team that won a national title or all the teams that you – that look like they might win it, like I said, every last one of them had that one star, and this team just doesn't, in my opinion, maybe I'll be proven wrong, I don't see it with this group. 
moving on. Big 12. Why not? Why are we... Big 12, Kansas is a shoe-in pretty much every year. I see no reason to change that. I'm going to go a little bit more in-depth with that later. But uh, I'm going with Kansas to at least to win it outright. The Big 12 is a very good conference, but I think... I don't know if there will be any sharing it this year. I think Kansas will win the Big 12 outright this year. Really like their team. Big East, not sure if they count as a... Not sure if they count as a... um, a fave as a as a power conference anymore, but gonna go with Villanova there. They got another they got another loaded squad, uh, very highly ranked, very experienced, very well coached, and they'll just be a tough out again. Possible one, they could very well be competing for a one seed, and they also have a member of the AP All America first team in Jalen Brunson, which brings me to my next point. Preseason AP first team All America team. Jalen Brunson, guard Villanova. Alonzo Trier, guard Arizona. Miles Bridges, guard forward Michigan State. Michael Porter Jr., the freshman sensation, uh, number one recruit in the country out of Missouri. And Bonzi Colson, uh, who was first team All ACC, if I'm not mistaken, last year. Did they get this team right? I have, I hate to be biased, I have a huge problem with Joel Berry not being on this team over Brunson. I just have a huge problem. I know he's going to miss a good part of the season, but this kid is tough. He made, he's improved by leaps and bounds. He's the unquestioned leader of this, of this UNC team. I, I just think he's just a better player than Jalen Brunson. I just think he is. Last year's tournament most outstanding player as a junior, I think that was a huge snub. Uh, Trier, see these West Coast teams, and this is why people complain about the East Coast bias. I haven't seen this kid Trier play, um, but I thought I thought Devontae Graham of Kansas got snubbed here. I think with Frank Mason graduates, goes to the NBA, Graham's going to come in, be the unquestioned leader of that Kansas squad that I've already picked to win the Big 12. And guy's been a guy's been a starter his whole career, if I'm not mistaken. I mean, I think he's primed for a for a huge year. He's already proven to be a big time player. I thought that was kind of a snub. Miles Bridges, no need to go into that. You guys saw earlier where I picked him to be the favorite for national player, my favorite for national player of the year. Michael Porter Jr., number one recruit in the country. I got no problems with that pick. He is the fifth freshman ever to do so. And from a college standpoint, for the most part, the the for the most part, the last four guys, Harrison Barnes, Jaleel Okafor, Andrew Wiggins, and Ben Simmons, all turned out to be very good college players. All ended up being all of them ended up being lottery picks. So, chances are Michael Porter is going to be right there in that mold. I personally think he is going to be the next Ben Simmons or Markel Fultz. Really good player on a really crappy team. 
more than likely will get number one pick overall and is going to be the kind of guy that you're going to want to watch. Whenever you see Missouri on, whenever you guys see Missouri playing, you're going to want to tune in to see this kid Porter Jr. play. I think he's that good. He's going to be that kind of player for them, and it should be exciting to watch. Bonzi Colson, he was first team all ACC last year. Guy just gets it done. Double-double machine. Focal point of that Notre Dame team. Notre Dame should be very good this year again. I got no problems necessarily with that pick. So there were some better picks in there, but overall, I think it's a solid list. Uh, again, I'm going with Miles Bridges individually of that group with, for my player of the year and Tom Izzo as my coach of the year. I think this is just going to be a absolute huge bounce back year for Michigan State. They started off really weak last year with a lot of these same guys, but they but they they definitely picked it up a little bit towards the end. I know Bridges got injured there for a little bit as well at some point last year. This year... I think they're primed to take off, and they have the coach to do it. So, big year coming up for Michigan State. Now, a few other things that you guys are going to want to watch out for. ESPN and all the experts over there, and all the college basketball experts over there, are showing no love for Duke right now. As a matter of fact, I was reading their article on the bold predictions, and they actually are predicting Duke to not even get a number one seed. I'm loving it. Personally, I'm loving it. I do not, I 100% agree, which, and I said this earlier, Duke's inexperience is, is going to get the best of them at some point. You look at their team and you see how talented they are. But to be honest, can anyone truly trust Duke? with any recruiting class after what happened last year. You would have lost all credibility as an analyst if you were to, if going into last year, you would have predicted Duke to lose in the second round of the tournament. I think no one would have taken you seriously had you have said that. Now you kind of have to wonder. Now I know they're supposed to be cleaning up, um, they're supposed to be cleaning up with these Grayson Allen trip up things and you know hopefully everybody on their team is is healthy and all that good stuff because I know that they dealt with a lot last year and they went on a tear to win the ACC tournament which really just ended up saving their season from being a complete and total bust um I I'm telling you these these one and done heavy teams are so boom or bust the last I mean, Villanova won it two years ago with no, I don't think one, I don't think anybody on that team was a McDonald's All-American. So, and I know UNC's, I know UNC's team was, uh, no, UNC's team was not any, UNC's team, they were high school All-Americans, but this past UNC team had nobody coming out of high school or, or excuse me, going into this NBA draft that you would be like, that guy's going to be a star. Pretty much everyone on that team is going to be a role player or a bench warmer their entire NBA careers if they make it. And, but, you know, they're, they're your national, they're, they were your national champions. So, these one, again, these one, and ton, these one and done teams, you really just don't know what to expect. So, at, from a preseason standpoint, I'm going with the sure things. You want to believe in the Duke hype? But when Grayson Allen is your one leader, and he has proven to have issues of his own, 
Um, I think leadership is going to be a factor with that team. I think guys that are all used to being the man and trying to blend and work together is going to be an issue at a certain point. I think they have the potential to be a very good team rebounding and defensive wise, which might carry them. But, and obviously coach K knows what he's doing. So I'm not completely writing them off, but I like the fact that's that people are skeptical about Duke. There's finally skeptical about Duke, even though they're being, they're getting a lot of love from the associated press as far as being preseason. Number one, Bogart had almost all the votes, but We'll see. I think it. I think it is. I think it does make sense to to say let's not buy into the hype a hundred percent yet. I personal personal thing for me. Moving on. I love Kansas's backcourt. Devontae Graham, who I thought should have been a first team All American, and this kid. If you've never seen him, they have a transfer coming in by the name of Malik Newman. He was a he was a blue chip prospect out of high school two years ago. Had to had a very inconsistent season at Mississippi State. Is now transferred to Kansas after sitting out a year. This kid can go. Look him up. Look up his high school. Look up some of his highlight tapes. This kid can absolutely fill it up. I think him and Devontae Graham combined in the same backcourt is the best backcourt in America, in my opinion. And we all know backcourts it backcourts rule in college basketball. That's just how it works. And I think you got two strong guards. You have the ingredients to go very, very far. And that's the kind of team that Kansas is working with. They don't have a lot, and it's not that the rest of the teams are the rest of their team is bums either, obviously. But I would say I would say really look for those two guys to put on a show this year. I really like what Kansas has over there. Uh, already kind of talked about Porter Jr. Uh, FBI investigations. I, I if like I said I we did a podcast on this a couple weeks ago. This is. From what I've been reading, it's not quite over yet. Uh, Alabama is dealing with it right now. They have one of the top point guard prospects in the entire country, Colin Sexton, uh, another kid that would that would light it up on a court if he were eligible right now. But apparently, he has not been cleared to play because he's hit one of the one of the staff members involved in his recruitment. Is currently being under is currently being investigated by the FBI. Improper benefits might have paid the guy off, kind of stuff. So, again, I've kind of said my piece on that whole thing, but this FBI stuff is gonna screw up somebody else's season before this, before we're done here. We've already seen what happened to Louisville. You're seeing how it's affecting Alabama. This is gonna this these FBI investigations they're gonna turn some stones over. I would say this is gonna screw up somebody else's year before before this is all over. Somebody else's year is gonna get screwed up because of these investigations. A lot of lot of guys on the fence about eligibility right now, so we'll just have to see. Uh, but that will be something to pay attention to, and I really really would like to hopefully see that nobody gets derailed over something like that. But 
hey, if you're if you're if you're not playing by the rules, you know something's got to be done. So we will um, we will see. Anyway, but that being said, we're gonna go ahead and take a quick quick break, and I'm go get back to this L of the week music that I again just started and want to make a more per- permanent part of the programming. So I'm gonna let you guys fade out. I'm gonna fade out to this L of the week beat, and I'll be right back. have gotten that out of the way it's time to hand out there are several l's i should be handing out right now i'm i was about to hand out an l of the week to my damn self uh for for predicting that the buccaneers would have this would have a breakout season and we are currently seven games in with two wins i honestly can't even watch it anymore Last week, I kind of sort of looked at the highlights, but for the most part, I didn't watch the game. Um, and looking at back at the score, I'm just glad I'm glad I didn't. Uh, it's just been a mess, but I got two. I got two L's I have to hand out this week. Number one, Papa John's. It's been out in the news for a while now. Everyone's got their opinions on it. For those of you that don't know, um, Mr. Papa who goes by who Mr. Papa John Schnatter, I think is his last name, uh, said that the and to paraphrase, excuse me, said that the NFL anthem protests are costing him money. He said that he said that players are kneeling and it's upsetting people and folks are not watching and that is why People apparently are not buying his pizza, which on the surface kind of, sort of, not really makes sense uh, with him being, with Papa John's being the one of the, the official pizza sponsor of the NFL. Here's where, here's where I took issue with what he said. Um, first of all, Papa John, your pizza is not that good. I went on, I got on... And again, it's very small sample size. I last week for anybody that follows me on Facebook, I put up a status not too long after he said that asking about how many people eat at Papa John's. A lot of you guys said never. A few of you guys said maybe. Everyone I know that came on and said they ate at Papa John's all said the same thing. They got some kind of coupon code or that they do it when they're broke and that it's cheap. And they can't turn it down because they don't spend any money there. It ain't because the pizza's any good. It's because you don't spend any money. Now, so Papa John, your pizza for one is really not that good. You're not even, I would say, I would honestly put them behind Domino's and Pizza Hut if we're talking about the big chains. But the other thing that kind of, the other thing that you, that kind of makes you look stupid is, you had Peyton Manning as your pitch man for a long time. You had Peyton Manning all over your commercials, who was just last year 
in the middle of a lawsuit for creating a quote-unquote hostile sexual environment while he was at Tennessee. So in other words, Peyton Manning may or may not have raped some people. And I didn't, you didn't say a word. You didn't say anything about how this was going to affect your business. You didn't say a word about any of that crap. You had nothing to say, so I don't want to hear it when you talk about the anthem protest. Now, apparently, Papa John is a very staunch... For Apparently, apparently Papa John is just not a nice person at all. Uh, I've seen a lot of people bring up the fact that he refused to provide health care to his employees because he said it was too expensive and all of this other stuff. Uh, and I, if I'm not mistaken, it would have cost him another 10 cents per pizza or some very insignificant number like that. Now, a lot of y'all are only eating at Papa John because it's cheap anyway, as I was saying. So maybe that would have messed him up. I think that's some, I think that's a little bit messed up, especially when people can pretty much go to a lot of places of fast food and have some form of health care. Uh, so apparently Papa John is just not a nice person at all, but you didn't say nothing when you didn't say nothing when Peyton Manning was messing up. So I think you should look at a lot of other factors as to why you're not making money. As a matter of fact, the other reason why you get an L this week is because after you said that Papa John's net worth apparently dropped $70 million literally overnight. If anyone wants the source, I will send you the link. But apparently Papa John was down $70 million not too long after that. So that's where you're really getting hurt. So that's really... So you really hurt your business when you said that. And now the Nazis are apparently attaching... Apparently the alt-right... And apparently he's the official pizza of the alt-right now, which I think is hilarious. Papa John is trying to denounce all of that and say he doesn't agree with people. But let's be honest. You don't care about the fact that the alt-right is a bunch of racists. Because you probably agree with them. You just know that in 2017, being a racist is going to cost you money. If people being a racist, being a, being a racist in 2017, people don't really mess with you like that. That's where you really had it. That's where you really have an issue. You don't have a problem with their views. You just know it'll hurt, hurt your business, which is unfortunately what we deal with with a lot of these businessmen on the right. Their their issue. And a lot of these people on the conservative side that complain about free speech, a lot of them are just upset that they can't be openly racist and still make money. That's the real issue. That's that's really what that is. I'm not trying to get too political today, but I just had to I just kind of went off on a tangent there and had to throw that out. But yes, Papa John, they that was an L of the week comment for sure. And fortunately, I have another one to hand out to Leangelo Ball. So, Papa John is not going to hold the only L this week. Leangelo, for those of you that saw, I believe it was yesterday, was arrested in China for apparently stealing some Louis Vuitton glasses. Now, here's the thing. They don't play that crap in China. Is This isn't America. It's not... This isn't America where you can commit legitimate crimes and... Get and people just sweep it under the rug, or you can cut somebody a check, or none of that crap that we do in the United States. In the Far East, a lot of these Middle Eastern countries, people get their hands chopped off for that stuff. Now, apparently in China, that 
for apparently in China, whatever Leangelo and I believe it was three of his teammates stole could land them three to ten years in prison. That's pretty much your entire basketball career. You'll be in your late 20s by the time you get out. That could potentially have been your entire basketball career over some sunglasses. And you got money. You got a big baller brand. You got all kinds of stuff going on for you back home. LeVar Ball was just on TV showing off his big new house. Y'all got money. Why are you stealing stuff? Now, I don't... I'm not saying he... Now, maybe he's innocent, or maybe it was a misunderstanding. It just really seems... It really The fact that you even put yourself in that situation is an L. Now, do I think he'll actually end up doing the time, even though he is in China? No. I, I seriously doubt that that will hold up, but... Come on now. Come on. I hate to keep I I hate I hate to keep getting the ball family involved in this kind of stuff, but you, they just keep doing stupid crap. You so you you got to keep handing them else. It's a dang on shame. It really is. And at this point, I'm just waiting to see what Lavar or Jello or Mello or whatever the heck any of them is at this point, they're the Kardashians of sports. You just kind of watch them and just see what the heck they do next. But that being said, those are my two L's of the week. And that'll pretty much conclude this episode of the podcast. Again, you've been listening to the Mind of Mike J. I appreciate everybody listening. And I will hopefully be back next week with more content for you guys. But in the meantime, I am signing off. Everybody have a good weekend. <laughs>